guys, welcome to Palm Sunday. Let's give it up, all right? We are talking the day that Jesus came into Jerusalem to the shouts, into the cheers, into the joy, into people who were boiling over, yearning with hope that maybe, just maybe, God had come to rescue his people. And the man who was going to do it was standing in our midst. When Jesus came into Palm Sunday, into Jerusalem, that first Palm Sunday, the city was electrified. It was on fire. Pilgrims would travel from all over, some walking hundreds of miles to celebrate in Jerusalem the greatest revolution of all time that once, that once upon a time, against all hope, God had rescued his people Israel, weak and unknown and oppressed. He rescued him from slavery, from the hands of Egypt, a power beyond powers, the power of all powers of its day, unbreakable. They came to Jerusalem on that Palm Sunday because once upon a time, God had reached down and had heard the cries of his people and took them from the hands of the oppressors and brought them out of Egypt, overthrowing it before his power and bringing his people to a promised land. And for 1,500 years, the people of Israel would continue to travel to Jerusalem, commemorating that day, remembering that day, celebrating that day, hoping hoping that day that God had done once that God just might do again. A city of 30,000 people would swell to hundreds of thousands of people as they would remember and come to go, God, God, even if by a thread, I still hope and trust that you are a God who saves And the city was electrified with it. Busting at the seams, the authorities were panicking because the greatest revolution that had ever happened in human history was being celebrated by the people today of the God who redeems still. That was the first Palm Sunday. Imagine, if you will, what it must have been like to be there. Think about the biggest sporting event you have ever been to. Think about the biggest parade, gathering, rally. I go back to 2016. Someone won the World Series. We ditched school. We hopped the train. We went downtown to what was told to us the seventh largest peacetime gathering known in modern history. The people were everywhere, blue and white, of course. 
celebrating and cheering and pressing in and hoping to get a glimpse. The, the celebration, the party, the chaos, the energy, the expectancy. Can you feel it? Can you get a sense of what it was like for these people? It was theologically charged. It was politically charged. It was emotionally charged because the people of God were gathering. Oh, God, save. And here comes Jesus. Here comes Jesus right into the midst. And the word had gotten around. Oh, make no mistake. The word had gotten around. It's him. No, no, it's him. The miracle worker. The one who stands up to demons themselves and to whom demons flee before. The one who with a touch heals the sick. The one, didn't he raise the dead? Didn't he raise Lazarus? Isn't he the one who walked on water? Isn't he the one who calmed the storm? Isn't he the one who stood for the oppressed? Isn't he the one with the power to forgive sins? Isn't he the one with intimacy with the Father? Isn't he the one who has showed us? Is it him? Is the king here? Has God come to save? And with palm branches in their hands, they shouted, Hosanna. They shouted, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel because they saw who rode on the donkey that day and they dared to hope that God might save. All these things that we have adopted for Palm Sunday, these things that we who have grown up celebrating this as a Christian holiday, those of us who grew up in church world, the palm branches you get, the songs we sing, the things that we do, all of this was part of their original celebration. Let me show you this passage. It's from Mark talking about that first Palm Sunday. Look at what he says. Many people spread their cloaks on the road. That the one coming was so important that they're throwing themselves before him. While others spread branches they had cut in the field, those who went ahead and those who followed behind shouted, Oh, give it to me. Hosanna. Give it to me, the next line. And one more. And one more. But imagine a half a million screaming it at the top of their lungs like the Cubs just won the Super Bowl. That didn't make sense. <laughs> you connect the dots. <laughs> no, imagine if the Cubs did win the Super Bowl and what that cheering would have been like that. <laughs> Mixing my metaphors here. All of this stuff was part, part of the revolution. These palm branches that they would wave, it's not just pretty plants that they gathered from the field. It was like waving a flag. Have you ever seen a political rally? Have you ever seen a protest? Have you ever seen it, whether in this country or somewhere else, where the people are out in droves waving that national flag? This was the palm branch in the hands of the people of Israel. You can find coins from the era where we stamp an American eagle and George Washington on the other side, right? They have palm branches. It was their symbol. It was their battle cry. It was their hope of deliverance, their hope of victory. And they took these branches and they cheered the coming of a king who would usher in a kingdom of God to finally liberate, rescue, and set the people free. The pilgrims would gather. They would be driving in, coming up to Jerusalem from all over, singing songs, chanting back and forth. Forth. These songs that we sing, this word, Hosanna, even, it was part of their war cry. It comes out of the Psalms. 
these ancient songs, these ancient chants that they would sing. Not as we think about the songs where, you know, okay, you hit like E flat on the organ and in peace let us pray to the Lord. No, 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 it wasn't that. You know what I mean? No, they were shouting it. They were cheering it. These lines from the Psalms were their war cry. I want to show you one in particularly. A song of Hallel, that means nothing to you, but it is important. A song that they would sing at Passover. A song that they would sing as they would come up. I want to show you one line out of it. From Psalm 118, here it is. O Lord, save us. O Lord, grant us success. If you've been with us any time, you know that that capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D is a modern English convention that masks the name Yahweh. The name of God himself, Yahweh, save us. Yahweh, grant us success. And I'll tell you this, the English just doesn't do it justice. When, when you're doing songs, when you're doing poetry, and you try to kind of like translate them word to word, you just kind of like lose something, don't you, a little bit? You got to hear it in the original to get the feel, to get the power, to get the cadence of it. Here it is, Ana, Yahweh, Hoshiana. You hear that in there, Hoshiana, Hosanna? Ana, Yahweh, Hoshiana. Some of you wanted to say it. I love that spirit. Go for it. Ana, Yahweh, Hoshiana. Now more of you. Ana, Yahweh, Hoshiana. You got it? Ana Yahweh Hoshiana. Now I'm shutting off my mic and you say it. <laughs> Steve's impressed. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Yahweh, save us. Hosanna. It means save us. When you cry, Hosanna, what are you saying? Save us. Yahweh. Save us. It is the heart cry of every Christian. It is the heart cry of everyone whose heart has been captured by Jesus. Oh, God, save us, because that's what Jesus' revolution is about. That's what Christianity is about. That's what this is about. There is a God who once saved his people, and there is a God who saves his people still. Anah, Yahweh, Hoshiana. But now you got to hear the back half. Ana Yahweh Hoshiana, Ana Yahweh Hatzlichana. It kind of dances better though that way, doesn't it? Oh Lord, save us. Oh Lord, grant us success. Ah. No, Ana Yahweh Hoshiana, Ana Yahweh Hatzlichana. Now we practice the first half. Okay, let's get it down. We know Ana. We know Yahweh. Here it is, listen. Hatzlichana. You got it. Hatzlichana. You think you can put it together? Let's try. Let's, let's see how this goes. This is going to be train wreck. All right, let's go. Ana Yahweh Hatzlichana. Okay, I did that fast. I'm sorry. Ana Yahweh Hatzlichana. Okay, now that you're like professionals, we'll get it up to speed. Ana Yahweh Hatzlichana. So hear the whole thing. Ana Yahweh Hoshiana. Ana Yahweh Hatzlichana. Can you imagine what it was like? Those of you who are veterans here, I mean, you know what I'm going to do right now. We got spirit. Yes, we do. We got spirit. How about you? 
You can hear it in there, can't you? Tens of thousands of people of God traveling to Jerusalem with a hope that Yahweh saves, crying and singing and shouting out as they would go up, Ana Yahweh Hoshiana, Ana Yahweh Hatzlichana. You could hear them shouting out. You could hear the people from the city shouting back, let's try it. I'm going to give you a, a Hoshiana. You're going to give me a Hatzlichana back, all right? Let's see who's louder. I've got a mic. Let's see who's louder. I go first. You go second. I go Hoshiana. You go Hatzlichana. I'm going to overtalk this pretty soon, all right? We've got it. We're clear. Hear what it would be like. Ana Yahweh Hoshiana! Ana Yahweh Hoshiana! Ana Yahweh Hoshiana! And I hit puberty again in the middle of there. Can you hear it back and forth? Hey, let's, you want to see what side is louder? Yeah, yeah, Donna does. Donna wants to see what side is louder. She said, yes, I just saw her. Do you want to be Hoshiana? Yeah, because we like Hoshiana, right? This is a contest now. We are going to see which side is louder. Coffee house, figure out how you're going to divide. That's up to you, all right? You're not out of this. You're not out of this. Don't, don't worry, I got something in store, all right? You've got to overpower them. You've got, to, you've got to make them feel as though they don't even have voice. You need to lose your voice in this. You need to stand on chairs. You need to throw palms. You need, don't throw clothes. Uh, <laughs> cloaks are all right. Uh, you get the spirit, right? You can't let them win, okay? God will be gravely displeased if they win, all right? All right? Maybe... No, this is so heretical. Maybe whoever says it louder will actually come true, right? No, that's not true at all, okay? Don't quote me on that. But say it like you mean it. Are you ready? Are you ready? Do you think you're gifted enough to do it together? No, but you'll figure it out. On three, we're going to go three times back and forth and see who wins. Boom, 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 boom. One, two, Hoshiana got you. I got to tell you, I don't know. I think they got you. Imagine that echoing for hours. Oh my gosh, right? Can you now sense the volume of Jerusalem? As over and over, the people are swelling themselves up with fervor over the fact that Yahweh will save us, that Yahweh will grant us success. Now, I want to do one more thing, and this might be getting tired for you, but that's okay. They did it for hours. We did it for minutes. See, see, see we have something that happens here at Fellowship of Faith. We've got like our intimate circle in here, right? But we got a coffee, host, a coffee house folk back there that are like, oh, no one notices me, right? Right? That they sit back there and they go, oh, no, no one notices me. I could just kind of like hide back here and like, I, you know, I can observe the whole thing methodically, right? I don't think we should let them do that. How about you? All right? All right? Coffee house, I've put your honor on the line. In house, Ana Yahweh Hoshiana, 
coffee house ana Yahweh Hatzlechana. Three times. Three, you get, yeah, about it, none of that. None of that. All right, we, we don't celebrate Palm Sunday for eight and a half minutes. We celebrate, right? It, ready on three. One, two, three. Well done. All right. Revolution, freedom, salvation, forgiveness, shalom. All of these expressions that we call and that are contained in the kingdom of God was the fervor and hope of the people around Jesus, that first Palm Sunday, as he sat on a donkey and rode in to their cheers into the midst of it. Because this hope of the people was no fool's hope. Isaiah had prophesied. Isaiah had prophesied once long ago that just as God rescued his people from the hands of the Egyptian, God would rescue his people again. And the people of Jerusalem, they needed rescuing. In their eyes, they were suffering the same fate. Israel was once under the thumb of Egypt. In the time of Isaiah, Israel was under the thumb of Assyria and Babylon. And now they were under a new thumb, that of Rome. Same story, different players. One more time. Not experiencing the success, not experiencing the kingdom of God as the prophets once proclaimed it to be, not experiencing the fullness and the freedom to worship their God with the joy and the hope that only he could bring. But Isaiah had prophesied that as God had saved his people once, God would save his people again. And oh, how they held on to this hope because when you need saving, when you're in the midst of it, am I right? When you need saving, all there is is hope and that which stands behind it. And oh, they cried out for saving. But Isaiah prophesied something more, something bigger, something new, that this second exodus, as you can call it, this second way of coming out again, Egypt would have nothing on it. That what God would do this time would be so big, so glorious, so wonderful that words could barely express it. I love this little passage tucked away in the prophecy of Isaiah. Let me share it with you. Look at what the prophet says where he writes this. 
Yahweh says, see? Open your eyes. Open your eyes, you. You who are just holding on by a thread. You who are yearning with hope. I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Just like I made a way in the desert once and streams in the wasteland once, so I am making a way in the desert and the streams and the wasteland again. But this time, it is all of creation. Look at this one passage from Isaiah. Listen to this as I tell you and read to you about this something new. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. It will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly. It will shout for joy. The desert will shout for joy. And what did Jesus say? If they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it. The splendor of Carmel and Sharon, they will see the glory of Yahweh, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the feeble hands. Steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not be afraid. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. And then... Then the, eyes of the eye, then the eyes of the blind will be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped, the lame, the lame will leap like a deer, the mute, the mute tongue shout for joy, water will gush forth in the wilderness, streams in the desert, burning sands will become a pool, the thirsty grounds bubbling springs, and the haunts where jackals and dragons once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow, and a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. Away unto God, no lion will be there, nor any ferocious beast will get up on it. They will not be found there, but only the redeemed will walk. The ransom, the Lord, will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. Sorrow and sighing will flee away. Here comes Jesus who did it all. Anah Yahweh Hoshiana. Anah Yahweh Hatzlichana. Because God is doing something new in our midst. Do you see it? Do you see it? The God who rescued his people once is the God who rescues his people today. He's a God of Hosanna still. That Jesus who came into Jerusalem that Palm Sunday is now seated at the right hand of God, King of kings and Lord of lords, ushering something new, a kingdom of salvation, of joy and of hope. Ushering it in because, guys, that's what this is all about. Because you could say in a lot of ways, life is a pilgrimage. It's a journey. A physical journey with a spiritual goal that all of you here, know whether you know it or not, You're on a journey 
going somewhere or maybe feeling stuck, but regardless, your life can be called a pilgrimage. God invites us to be pilgrims, to journey with him and towards him. I was baptized into Christ on March 10th, 1974. I'm in year 47 of my pilgrimage. When did you come to Christ? Call on his name. When did your pilgrimage begin? If you don't know, know that with him it can begin today. He invites you to call on him as Savior and Lord and begin that pilgrimage today. And make no mistake, the pilgrimage of life, it's hard, isn't it? Those of you who walked, no. My son, Ben, and my daughter's boyfriend, Reagan, uh, my daughter, Reagan, Reagan's boyfriend, Simon, they got up at 3 a.m. this morning left from Hebron, Illinois, 20 miles away. Ben ran his first half marathon to try to cut down time for those 13 miles. Because it was up to 37 degrees outside, he decided to wear a t-shirt and shorts. At 6 a.m., they met the lazy folk like me with the rusty nail and walked the last seven to eight in together. Ten hours? Twelve? I don't know. Do the math. Something tells me it wasn't easy, that there were times when they were cold, hungry, Sore, tired, done. Ben talked to me on the, the walk. I think my toenails are coming off. <laughs> I laughed too, but he was serious. <laughs> now extrapolate that over life. Life can feel that way, can't it? You're cold, you're hungry, you're worn, you're injured, but you have to keep grueling on. And you'd like to stop, but it doesn't really seem to be an option. And so this thing we call life is often marked by a certain sense of endurance. Perseverance, struggle, isn't it? Struggle, temptation, hardship. This is the pilgrimage of life. It's what pilgrimages remind us of. But look, God is doing something new. Now it springs up, do you perceive it? He's making a way, a way with him 
a way towards him. A way of Hoshiana, of Hatzlichana, a new exodus, a new creation, Jesus coming in to do more than just bring people out of Egypt or people out of Rome, to bring people for the last 2,000 years and however many more to come into the greatest, the greatest of all things new that we could ever dare to perceive. Welcome to Palm Sunday. There's this song that we're going to sing. It's so fitting when I think about the catalyst for this in Egypt. No longer slaves. The title, No Longer Slaves. That in Jesus we're no longer slaves to sin. Why? Because in Jesus... I'm a child of God. I invite you to rise. And I want to invite you to take what you know. I want to invite you to take what you've heard. And more importantly, I want you to take the invitation of Jesus as Savior and Lord. And sing this song like you were in Jerusalem that first Palm Sunday. Not just as words on a screen, not just as something to say, not just as a pleasant melody, but as your heart cry for salvation in him.